grab your Bibles and park it there just a minute. And let's go to the book of Proverbs. And we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 13 and 3. We welcome you today. So glad that you're here. Proverbs chapter 13. Today we're going to be continuing a series that the, we started last week on hope. How many know that hope is now and hope is here? Amen. We have hope in Jesus Christ. He is faithful. He is true. But uh, last week we talked about, we, we read First Peter. I'll read this. You go to Proverbs chapter 13. I want to give you the text from last week. It was First Peter chapter 5 and verse 10 says, But the God of all grace, who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, will make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Aren't you glad that the Lord will establish you? That he will make you perfect and he will strengthen and settle you. Now listen, not perfect in action, but perfect in patience, perfect in trust, knowing that he is the one true and faithful God of our lives. So we talked last week about hope and how hope is now. Hope is here. Hope lives within us. We talked about first that hope is found first in Jesus Christ. There is no other hope for humanity except through Jesus Christ. There's no hope in this world. Our hope is not built in in Washington, D.C. Our hope is not built in Nashville, Tennessee. It's not built in anything and anywhere else on earth, but our hope is built on Jesus Christ. And everything outside of him is hopeless. There is only one true, lasting, and eternal hope, and that is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Secondly, we talked about how hope must be confessed. That we need to confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in thy heart and thou shalt be saved. We've got to confess hope. If you're always talking negative and sowing seeds of negativity, that's the harvest. That's the crop that you will reap. But we talk about hope is in Jesus. Hope must be confessed. And thirdly, we talked about hope is within me for the trial that I'm facing. And that's what the enemy is fighting, uh, fighting me for is he is after my hope. He's after my peace. He's after my joy. He's after my contentment. He's after my faith. And the reason he fights me is he knows if I keep the faith, I'm going to see a victory. He knows if I keep trusting, if I keep believing, he knows that God is true to his word. Let every man be a liar because God is not a liar. God be true and every man a liar. I have to confess my hope and I have to realize that the reason we struggle with this humanity is because there is a hope within us. Amen. And that's why we need the body of Christ. That's why we need one another. The word also tells us that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the the word of God. You need to come to church to hear the word of God. You need to come to church and realize that if God can send them a check in the mail, God can send you a check in the mail. That if God can save her husband, then God can save your husband. Or if God can save your spouse or your children. And so it's that unity of the faith while the body of Christ needs one another. So that was last week. I want to go jump quickly into this week. And let's go to Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 3. Then we'll turn over a page or two and we'll go to chapter 18, verse 21. Proverbs, chapter 13, begin reading with verse 3. I want to speak to you today first on the language of hope. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. But he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. Or something NIV says that he will come to ruin. Let's read it again. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall save destruction. 
Now let's go to Proverbs 18 and 21. And we're going to glean here for just a moment. Proverbs 18 and 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. The NIV says the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I know that life and death are in the power of the tongue. What we speak will produce the harvest that we have sown. If we sow good things by our words and by our deeds, we will get to reap that harvest. If you're a good manager, if you're a good steward, if you're a good caretaker of what God gives you, you will see yourself blessed. If you're a poor manager of what God gives you and you have very disregard for stewardship and, and being in managerial skills of the blessings God bestows upon you, then you're going to suffer the repercussions of the lack of that good stewardship. What we speak will produce the harvest we've sown in our words. If you bless those that curse you, you will be blessed. Now, although it's opposite, how many know that sometimes in the things of God, the word of God seems opposite? Well, it's not opposite to heaven, it's opposite to earth. It's opposite to the ways of man. Remember the word, word of God tells us that his thoughts are above our thoughts, his ways are above our ways. We won't always understand the total glimpse and the totality of the mindset and heart of God, but we're ever learning, ever involving. But, but I want to talk to you this morning about the language of hope. How many know that if someone speaks evil against you, it's not, the temptation is to, well, you sorry, low down, good for nothing, and we want, we want to lash back, right? And chances are it doesn't take us to build up a very quick resume of all the things we dislike about that person. Oh, you liked them until they talked about you. You were friends until they said something against you. You were kind and you were in relationship until you found out they were talking about you negatively behind your back then all of a sudden we quickly build our resume of how much we're already much better than they are it's quiet in here this morning talking about the language of hope the word of God tells us that we are to bless those that curse you and despitefully use you you've got to make sure that you keep the language of hope what what, what are you talking about pastor I'm talking about always speaking positive and not giving the devil an inch to get into your lives even if you find a way to turn it into praise well, Lord, this is not the news or the report I was hoping for. But, God, you're doing something in me and through this that's far greater than I can't see that I can't see right now. But I believe that as I trust in you, I will walk in the fullness of your promise. And the devil is using this to steal my hope, steal my joy, my peace and contentment. But in Jesus' name, he is under my feet. I have all authority and power and dominion over him. And, God, I speak hope and I speak life to my situation. If you believe that, can you give the Lord praise right there? We've got to speak hope in life to our people, places, and situations. One of the reasons many people fall out of love with their job is because you've already been talking negative about it. Do you realize that it's harder to feel motivated to go to work when you hate your work? The secret is to find a job, find a career that you love, and many will say you'll never work a day in your life if you love what you do for a living. I'm still waiting on that day. <laughs> I'm a pastor, and I love it more than anything. And I, I'm miserable doing anything else, but not every day is joyful. But I have also learned the truth of that element and the truth of God's Word. That if I'm cursing something, why do I turn around and ask God to bless something I've been cursing and putting down? Because chances are the problem is not from without. The problem is within. 
Because God is using that situation, he's using that person, place, or thing to work on me as iron sharpens iron. It's me he's wanting to get to grow. It's me he's wanting to get stronger and better roots. It's me and my wisdom he's trying to expand and to to globalize and to understand that God works out all things for the good of those who love the Lord, who are called of God and according to his purposes. If you'll trust God and if you'll speak hope, you'll begin to see your perspective start to change and all those things you didn't like about that person you'll begin to understand it really doesn't even matter there because you're there for another purpose it really isn't the the reason and the one all be all in your life because you're there for God's purposes if you're if you don't like your job start praying over your job and ask the Lord to bless it bless that business bless the company bless the president bless the owners bless the managers bless those that are over you in the Lord and ask God how you can be a blessing to both them and to those below you and Start blessing your job and speaking hope. Lord, I thank you that you've planted me here. And even though by my mind's eye, I don't see how I can be promoted and blessed. I know that you've got me here for a reason. And as long as you've got me here, I'm going to grow where you've planted me. And I have the hope of God within me. And if I'm here but nothing just to give Jesus, so I'm going to be satisfied because you're the meter of my my provider you are my Jehovah Jireh and I bless my job and I thank you Lord that you're giving me hope today I'm going to go another day and I'm going to be a blessing to somebody and you have me there for such a time as this uh, to give hope away to someone who needs hope today if you believe that give the Lord some honor the language of hope the language of hope is very very critical how you speak to your family If you're always speaking something chiding or negative or sarcastic or degrading or cutting or or, or something of really of no of of anything of good substance, uh, you're missing opportunities to give hope. Church should be the safest place in the world for anyone to go. Let me say that again for the rest of you. Hope should be the safest place for anyone to ever go. You should never come to church and worry about being put down, criticized. Cut down, made fun of, chided. You should leave comfort and blessed. This should be the safest place and safest sanctuary. And I don't mean just by four walls. I mean spiritual and relational sanctuary that you've ever been. Because hope is here. Because if Jesus is here, there's hope. Because this is not the best my life will ever be. Oh, I need some more people to get me thrown on that one. This is not the best my life will ever be. In fact, hope tells me that this is the worst off that I will ever be. Because as I live and breathe another day, I'm going to be closer to him. He's going to be closer to me. I'm going to get a little bit of more glory. And the more glory is going to fall in. I'm going to go from glory to glory. I'll go from height to height and depth to depth. And hope will grow inside of me. Because it's the hope of Jesus Christ that lives eternally in me. Like a wellspring of living water. That God resides in me. And hope abounds because he abounds deep inside of me. Give the Lord some praise right there. Got to plant a seed of hope to every situation. Anybody ever had to avoid those people at work? You almost dread seeing their car pull up in the parking lot in the morning. Ever go to work? Ever go do life? And it's like, oh, Jesus. They couldn't have called in sick today. Ever been there? Why don't you be that person that every devil in hell, when you pull up at work, they say, oh, dear God. Why'd they have to come to work today? I've, I've had this one all weekend. I had him really good. 
He spent his paycheck on riotous living. They've not been faithful. They've been fussing and fighting, feuding all weekend. I've almost got him in his grip. But there goes that saint of God coming to work on a Monday morning. And I know he's not going to be telling the stories of the world he's been. He's going to be telling somebody what happened at church yesterday. That there was a hope and there was a peace and a joy and a contentment that lives within him. And oh, if they would only find the Jesus that they know, that their lives would be fixed and they would be restored and renewed. Why'd they have to show up to work? I want to be so full of hope that when I go to work every day, uh, the devil gets nervous that I just showed up on the grounds. Uh, oh, there they go. They're on the property. Why? Because I'm speaking the language of hope, uh, and I'm speaking a language uh, that Jesus relates to. Language of hope. I want us to know this, that we need to plant a seed of hope for every generation. Find something good to say about somebody. Well, pastor, you don't understand. I work with my family. Well, there's a scripture for you, too. Some of these only come out, but by prayer and... I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I work with my family. Speak hope to your family. Speak blessings over your family. All the more you have a reason to speak hope in life over your situation. You get something negative in the mail, say, Lord, I don't know how, but I know you're going to do this for me. I got something negative. Somebody gives you a negative report at the, at the doctor's office or maybe at work or just maybe a relationship or maybe a friend that was sick. Say, but I, I understand that doesn't look good and sound good, but in the name of Jesus, I cling to hope. And God's going to make a way somehow, some way. And his grace will be sufficient. Second of all, the language you speak creates the culture you live in. Let me say that again. The language you speak creates the culture That you live in. One more time for redundancy to make sure we're all on the same page. The language you and I speak creates the culture that we live in. I want to talk to you secondly about the culture of hope. Dr. Sam Sam Chan says this. Culture eats vision for lunch. What kind of culture you live in and you create around yourself will determine the altitude of your spiritual plane. Are you with me? Don't make me go there. I don't want to go to your living room and watch what you watch. Don't make me go there and sit in the car and listen to what you've been listening to. Don't let me check your browser history. Language will create the culture you live in. Let me check your speed dial stations on your radio. What culture are you living in? And if it's not heavenly, God-honoring, God-glorifying language, you need to check your culture. Because your culture will eat vision for lunch. What do you mean by that, Pastor? It doesn't matter what God says to you that he has for you. If your culture is aborting the vision of God for your life, it will never even get planted, much less produce a crop. It's the culture you live in. We have to be sensitive to the culture. If, if, your, if your culture is bad, it doesn't matter what the vision of the house is. This is true for the house of God. It's true for your business. It's true for your family. It's true for your marriage. It's true for your friendship and your relationships. If the culture is toxic and the culture is bad, it doesn't matter everything else. It will Everything good will be destroyed because the culture is bad. Let me give you an illustration. Let's say there is, there is a, uh, a, burger, a burger restaurant on corner A 
and right across the street on Corner B. Both of those are great hamburger restaurants. They both advertise that each have the best hamburger in town. Anybody getting hungry yet? <laughs> they both have the best burger in town. Now, what separates them? They both, they both advertise it's 100% beef. So it's burger for a burger. What separates the two? Why have two across the street from one another? Why? Because cultures are different. One can prepare theirs this way. One can be flame broiled and one would just be grilled. One could be this. One could be that. One could put these toppings on here. In fact, you know, if you know a McDonald's versus a Red Robin, culture's different. Can I get an amen? Culture is different. But let's, let's say these are very parallel. You go to A, you taste it really good. Then you go to B. And as they come and they serve your burger, you have been waiting and anticipating. You were fully fine with restaurant A, but just for your own curiosity, you want to go and check out restaurant B to see the one-all, be-all who has the best hamburger in town. They go and they come and they bring the burger. They've prepared it just the way you want it. All the toppings are correct. It is there, and they bring it to you on the plate, and they place it on the table, and you're so delighted. Man, your tongue is already salivating. You're so excited. But as you begin to take the little knife and to cut it in half just so that you can see it all inside just before you partake, and you, do, and you look down, and the plate has some old, crusty food on the plate. Now, wait a minute. There's nothing wrong with the burger. You have been served the burger. You have cut the burger in half. You have inspected the burger. There's nothing wrong with the burger. There's just something wrong with the culture around the burger. Now, chances are, if you're like me, I'm not eating that burger. I'm going to send it back, and if they won't serve me another one, I'll go back to restaurant A. Now, we went to inspect the burger, but because the culture was bad, we never got to the burger. You know why there's a lot of people not in church today? It's not because they don't need the meat of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not because they don't need mercy. It's not because they don't need forgiveness of sins. It's not because they don't need relationship and a hope down deep with inside. They go... And what they're surrounded by is the culture. And if the culture is bad, they'll never partake of the gospel. So we have to watch the language. We have to create the culture for the gospel to operate in our lives. If you and I don't build a culture of hope, our culture can be bad. And if the culture is bad, then the hope is wiped away. Harvest is wiped away. Vision is disregarded and wiped away. We must guard our culture because culture affects everyone. Ministries can have a bad culture. Families can have a bad culture. Relationships can have a bad culture. Churches can have a bad culture. Christians can have a bad culture. Have you ever had a Christian friend but they were toxic for you? Oh, I have. I've had to cut my, myself away from people because they were just toxic. Their negativity caused me to be negative. Their complexion and their perspective of an issue that I had not even considered now has polluted me. So I had to distance myself. Why? Because their culture is toxic to my culture. Because I'm wanting to grow in Christ. I want the kingdom to be advanced. I want to grow. Christians can even have a bad culture. Again, if culture eats vision for lunch... 
Where is the power to change culture? We've got language. We've got culture. Thirdly, I want to talk to you about the power of hope. Turn with me to Psalms 119. Last text here today. Psalms chapter 119. Book of Psalms chapter 119. Takes you a while because several of those chapters in there is really short. So it's, you, can, you can turn a page and miss three or four chapters. I'll give you just a moment. Psalms chapter 119 verse 74. We'll also read verse 81 of the same chapter. I have put my hope in your word. Psalms 119, 81. Let's skip down those verses. I have put my hope in your word. And turn to Psalms 130, verse 5. Psalms 130, verse 5. It says, in his word, meaning the Bible, I put my hope. Hope is in Jesus Christ. He is the word of the living God. John 1, 1 says it this way. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus is the word of God in human form. We must read and know the word of God in order to have hope. Uh, Just this week we were talking with our children and stressing yet again how important it is to read the word of God. It's not enough just to go to church and let somebody else read it for you. Can I get an amen right there? You need to know the Word of God. You need to study. You need to read. You need to pray over the Word. You need to be putting it into you. Well, I don't like to read. Well, then get an audio version on your, on your iPhone or your, on your, your smartphone. Get on the Internet. And instead of looking at other things, look at the Bible. Listen to the Word. They'll even read it for you. But get the Word of God in your life. How do we have power? Power is through and by the Word of God. We must read and know the Word of God. I don't know about you, but when I come up against the life's trials and, and its struggles and troubles, uh, I begin to just declare the word of the Lord over my life. If I didn't have the word of the Lord, I'd have no power. I would be easily distraught. I would be easily distracted. I'd become easily dismayed and easily defeated. But it's those that know the word of the Lord and know that God's word is true, that all heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word shall remain. It's those of us that can stand boldly on the word of the living God, knowing that God is not a man that he should lie. But we can stand strong and steadfast uh, and know that God's word is true uh, and it will come to our past, uh, come to pass in our lives uh, as the culture of God is good. We've got to trust the Lord, the power, the power of hope. There is a written word and then there's a rhema word. How many know that God can speak directly to you? Sometimes he does that through his written word, the logos of God. Sometimes he does that through the rhema Word of God, the, the, the inspired Word of the Lord, a, a spoken Word of God, straightly to you. He said, Pastor, have you ever heard God audibly? I've never heard Him audibly, but, oh, but He speaks to my spirit all the time. Uh, any and every time, I, I, I'm, I'm open to Him, and I say, Lord, speak to me. If I'll wait and be still long enough, Brother Bill, he, he'll, he'll find me, and He'll give me what I need. And He'll either remind me of His Logos, His written Word, or He'll give me a a, a word that I can more easily understand. And then typically, I will go and find the Logos to doctrinally back it up. How I many know oh, the Lord's not going to speak to you anything that's not already in His Word? But He can speak to us things that we don't know that are in there, and then we can go and find the reference. And if it's in the Word, God will be faithful to do it. Because listen, now you can, you can get some goofy things out there in the kingdom today. Somebody always, somebody always giving you a word. You better be careful. 
If it doesn't line up with the word of God, that's flesh. It's not spirit. And if you cleave to flesh, you will fall flat on your face. It must be the spirit and the word of the living God. When you have the word of God in you, you will have hope. We was talking to uh, to Brother Gabe over here last week, and, and he uh, thinks he's uh, called, uh, called into the ministry to share the word of the Lord. And I was sharing to him, and he's like, okay, so when, when you're ready to preach your first sermon, he said, oh, I'm ready. Whenever the Spirit tells me, I was like, oh, okay, it's that easy, huh? Okay, great. And, uh, and he, I think he's relying on that scripture of, that the Holy Spirit will bring it to his remembrance when he needs it. And that is in the book, and thank the Lord for that. And God does that. But, folks, I'm telling you that there is a hope and a power in hope, and there's a power in his word. If you don't have the word in you, hope will be easily dis- dissipated out of your life. Because what, what, with somebody just cutting you off in traffic, and you can lose all hope. Sometimes sanctification, too. But you can lose all hope that you're going to have a good day. What, what, a bad letter, a, a bad phone call, a bad text message, any kind of negative correspondence. If hope is easily dwindled from your life, you're not relying on the power of God. You're not standing on the power of his word. You're relying on the power of your current emotions. You're even relying on happiness. Don't ever rely on happiness because happiness is based upon happenings. And if you're going to live another day, your happenings will change. All of us in the morning will wake up with less hair than we had today. Hallelujah. Let me serve notice. Give me a good pastor and let you know what's going to happen. Some are more extreme than others. But things will be different tomorrow. Will you still be happy? Folks, if you're not standing on the word of God, you're going to chase hope. You'll try to find hope in a bottle. You'll try to find hope in a cigarette. You'll find it in drugs. You'll find it in relationships. You'll try to find it in money, houses, buildings, property, deals, agreed, all those kind of things, always searching for something from without. But hope, this hope of Jesus wells within us. It dwells within us. And when it rises up, there's nothing on the outside that can ever defeat the hope of God that dwells within the heart of a man or woman of God that will trust the Lord uh, that he will come through uh, and he'll do just what he said that he would do in our lives. Give the Lord praise. Hello. Thank you for turning in tonight to Hope Now with Pastor Brian Sturgill from the Roan Street Church of God in Elizabethan, Tennessee. We're so excited that you've tuned in. We hope that you hear the message of hope, help, and healing. God's been doing some amazing things in our church and we're thrilled about that and so we wanted to jump on and spread that to our community talk about the wonderful things that God is doing so as we have our worship settings each and every week we hope that you just join in join in songs of praise worship adoration listen to the messages hope that you receive something from the Lord we hope that you also log on to roanstreet.com that's r-o-a-n street.com just drop us a line send us an email let us know that the program has been a blessing to you today. We're not asking for money, not asking for anything from you, just for notification that God's touched you, God's blessed you. So let us know if this is a blessing to you. We're praying for you. We're believing for a great outpouring for this area, this region, not only for our local church, but for all churches. And so we welcome you to come by and see us here at Elizabethan, 113 North Roan Street. Also log on at roanstreet.com. And if certainly, we hope to see you here every Thursday at 10 p.m. here on LFTV. God bless you. We're praying for you. See you soon.